0: Hello everybody, I'm Sean and welcome back to the Time podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Welcome back to the second episode of a five-part series on African coups. If you missed the first episode, be sure to check it out. Although each episode is independent, I do follow a trend and build on top of the previous ones. Today's episode will dive into France's influence and meddling in the continent since the 1960s, when most of its colonies declared independence. So let's cut to the chase. Charles de Gaulle, the prominent French statesman and military leader, dominated post-Second World War French politics up until 1969. In the 1950s and 1960s, many African nations sought independence from their colonial rulers. With the largest African colonies, France and Britain saw their empires quickly disappear in a matter of years. As president of France between 1959 and 1969, de Gaulle directly faced the challenges of decolonization. Fed up with colonial rule, countries left and right declared their independence. Algeria, one of France's most significant colonies in northern Africa, was one of the first to fight for independence and waged a war against its French colonizers between 1954 and 1962. De Gaulle was opposed to Algerian independence and France put a lot of military effort to keep Algeria as a part of its empire. But while the situation in Algeria was deteriorating, the winds in the rest of the continent were changing, with other countries demanding independence. De Gaulle realized the impossibility to keep them all and devised a new strategy to maintain France's benefits from its former colonies. The newly adopted approach was very pragmatic. De Gaulle aimed to maintain influence in these newly independent nations by building relationships through diplomatic and economic means. To maintain this degree of influence, De Gaulle envisioned a France-Afrique policy whose main objective was to maintain French influence in African countries through economic and political cooperation. France built strong relationships with the ruling elite of these newly independent countries and supported them. On the other hand, England's decolonization policy was gradual and worked towards a peaceful transfer of power to the indigenous populations. By setting up the British Commonwealth, an association of former British colonies and current dependencies, England continued to maintain a platform for cooperation And mutual support. France and Britain differed greatly in how they saw decolonization. While France was aware that the winds were changing, it wanted to grab on to anything they could put their hands on to maintain their empire. They were unwilling to accept their new diminished role in the world. Britain represented the only empire in history which peacefully accepted its new and reduced role in the world. Let's now dig into the mechanisms France used to maintain influence on its former colonies. Its economic influence stretches from preferential trade agreements to the biggest of them all, the CFA franc. That is to say, the franc of the French colonies in Africa. The CFA franc, arguably the biggest legacy of French colonialism in Africa, is the currency used in 14 different African countries. It has two variations, the West African CFA franc and the Central African CFA franc. Each of these two has its own central bank, but both currencies are guaranteed by the French treasury. The currencies are pegged to the French franc at a fixed exchange rate and African countries have to deposit a certain portion of their foreign exchange reserves within the French treasury. When France moved to the euro, the CFA franc was then pegged to the euro. The mechanisms of the currency effectively give control to France of 14 African countries' monetary policies. Even non-French colonies, such as Equatorial Guinea and Cameroon, adopted the currency. France certainly exercised great control over these countries' monetary policies, but some would argue that the CFA franc helped both stabilize African countries' national currencies and facilitate trade. However, criticism against the CFA franc has been growing in the continent in recent years. An initiative to replace the West African CFA franc with another currency called ECO is currently underway since 2019. From May of 2020, countries using the West African CFA franc will no longer have to deposit half of their former exchange reserves within the French treasury. France is demonstrating some willingness to move on from the CFA franc and reform it but its historical meddling has often aimed to protect its currency domination. France has often intervened militarily and politically to protect the CFA franc as well as its influence. It often supported military coups to rid the continent of anti-French politicians who looked to move their countries away from their former colonizer. The Comoros Islands is the perfect example of this. It is a country off the northern coast of Mozambique, which declared independence from France in 1975. However, the deputies from one of its islands, the island of Mayotte, abstained from the independence declaration. The island of Mayotte refused to join the new republic and aligned itself with France. Of course, France quickly took advantage of this. Bob Denard, a French mercenary that had the implicit support of the French state, then participated in four coup attempts in the Comoros Islands from 1978 to 1989. He ousted the new leader of Comoros and became the de facto military leader of the islands for over 10 years. Mayotte remained under French administration while a French-backed leader was in control of the new nation of Comoros. This allowed France to both maintain some of its territorial possessions while also having a pro-France government in the newly formed nation. The Comoros Islands then provided France for a base to get around the embargo imposed on South Africa during the 1980s. France clearly had a big role in influencing the country's internal stability. To this day, France has an important naval base on the island of Mayotte. Another example is the case of Burkina Faso. Thomas Sankara, often referred to as Africa's Che Guevara, served as president of Burkina Faso from 1983 to 1987. Whatever you want to say about Sankara and his human rights violations, he remains to this day an icon and popular figure for many poorer African nations. His domestic policies centered on education, healthcare, and preventing famines were incredibly popular and successful. The man planted 10 million trees to combat desertification. However, his anti-imperialism rhetoric alienated France, the Ivory Coast, and part of Burkina Faso's French-leading elite. In 1987, Sankara was killed during a military coup. While France's role in the 1987 Burkina Faso coup is controversial and still inconclusive, the coup leader, a Mr. Compaoré, was actually a great friend of France. He also said he led the military coup to improve relations with France. The Burkina Faso government, to this day, continues to officially ask the French government to release military documents on Sankara's assassination. It is widely believed that France was the mastermind behind the entire assassination and the military coup. Given France's close relationship with the Compaoré dictatorship, during his 27 years in power, these allegations don't seem too far-fetched. Moving on to the Ivory Coast, we have to go back to the year 2000, when Laurent Gbagbo was elected as president of the country. As a professor of history, he despised the colonial pact that France signed with its former African colonies before granting them independence. While Gbagbo was on a visit to Italy in 2002, a coup attempt happened at home. Then president of France, Jacques Chirac, immediately offered Gbagbo a super attractive political asylum in France, but Gbagbo turned it down and rushed home to face the coup. The first Ivorian civil war began and lasted until 2007. France intervened militarily in the conflict supposedly because of its economic interests, but it strangely didn't take one side or the other. Clashes emerged between the French military against both the rebels and the government. Both the Ivorian government and the rebels accused France of supporting the other side. France's unclear role and objective in the war was highly controversial. The entire civil war is widely considered today as a war of second independence from France's neo colonial influence. Following a controversial election in 2010, France supported Alassana Ouattara, Gbagbo's opposition. When Gbagbo refused to cede power and fighting broke out, France intervened militarily again and arrested Gbagbo in 2011. Since then, Ouattara and France have maintained excellent relations. Surprisingly, when Ouattara decided to change the constitution in 2020 to run for an unconstitutional third term, France remained completely silent. In Madagascar in 2002, French president Jacques Chirac supported the opposition to the then-current Madagascar president, Didier Ratsiraka. After a disputed election, Ratsiraka, along with considerable French pressuring, was forced to leave office. In Chad, France was once the main supporter of Hissène Habré's government during the 1980s. France then decided to change sides and contributed to the overthrow of Habré's government and the rise to power of Idriss Deby, who turned out to be a great friend of France. When Idriss de was killed in battle in 2021, President Emmanuel Macron attended his funeral. One of France's biggest allies in the region, Omar Bongo, president of Gabon, died in 2009. In the 2009 Gabonese presidential elections, protest erupted as Ali Bongo, son of Omar Bongo, was declared president in a highly contested election. French troops were then deployed during and after the elections to support the Bongo family's rule. When Guinea issued its own national currency in 1916, France organized a sabotage operation to destabilize the new country. Its secret service agents flooded the economy with false banknotes, leading to hyperinflation and economic instability. These are just a few examples of French political and military interventions in the African continent to protect its interests. Although its interventions have evolved over the years, they are still present to this day. For example, France's central role in the Libyan civil war is often forgotten. Muammar Gaddafi, leader of Libya, had invaded and occupied Chad, one of the biggest French allies in the region. Gaddafi had actually supported the coup that allowed Thomas Sankara to become president of Burkina Faso. France and Libya were in opposing factions during the Chadian Civil War and France accused Libya of bombing an UTA airliner in 1989. When fighting broke out in Libya, French fighter planes were the first to militarily strike Gaddafi's forces. France was also the first country in the world to recognize the National Transitional Council as the legitimate government of Libya. France's economic and military meddling have alienated the local populations who are now mostly anti-French. While Paris wants to address the issues with the CFA franc and reform it, it doesn't want to put an end to the CFA franc. This largely explains France's backfoot in the region in recent years. Mali and Burkina Faso have managed to escape France's influence and are now firmly aligned with Russia. Now, with the quick losses of Niger and Gabon, arguably two of France's biggest allies in the region, France's downward momentum is underway. It is struggling to find ways to keep its French former colonial countries together. Senegal, Chad, and the Ivory Coast continue to remain French bastions of support. However, opposition from within them is growing stronger. We might be tempted to think that given France's dismal reputation in the region and long history of meddling, you would think that they would change their approach, especially after the governments of Niger and Gabon fell. But that is actually not the case. Niger hosted thousands of French troops and is a big source of European and French uranium supply. When Niger's president, Mohamed Bazoum, was ousted in a coup in July of 2023, Macron was in full support for an ECOWAS military intervention in Niger. France is certainly treading more carefully in navigating the complexities of the continent. But in recent years, people in their former colonies have had enough. Support for France is waning, as its key allies are either ousted from power or become a minority in their respective countries. Just look at President Macky Sall's falling popularity in Senegal. Will France clean up its act? Based on the facts, it hasn't learned its lessons, and it doesn't seem ready for a change of heart. It continues to fail the people of its former colonies by supporting the ruling elites exacerbating corruption while following its own selfish economic interests. Its falling influence is quickly being replaced by Russia, China and Turkey. As we have highlighted before, many African nations have many reasons to view France with great suspicion. Just look what hardships they have made African countries go through. France doesn't have a coherent, and constructive Africa policy and continues to try to change the original France-Afrique policy just on the edges. While Macron has publicly said he wants to move on from the legacy of De Gaulle's France-Afrique policy, the recent support for an intervention in Niger suggests otherwise. France needs a big and urgent rethink of its Africa strategy as it looks to keep its few remaining allies. Large cracks in its post-colonial empire continued to widen. This was the second episode of the African coups five-part series. On the next episode, we will explore the instability in the greater Sahel region, where a large part of French colonies had once been. Thank you and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croc Time. Please leave a review and follow me on Instagram and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.